Welcome to the Comic Blast Podcast. Welcome back, everyone, to the Comic Blast Podcast. It is me, Grayson, back from the void, along with <laughs> my good friend, my compadre, my comrade, Keenan. Back from the multiverse, you're back from the void. Basically, yeah. Um, I'm sure people are having many questions as you are listening to this, hopefully. It's the same people that have been our tried and true followers. Where have we been? Where's the Loki coverage? Where's the Black Widow review? Where's all the stuff that's happened over the past two months? Well, I'll tell you. We've all been busy, and we've all been very tired, and coordinating our schedules has been very difficult. So, we ended up taking an unintentional hiatus, and for that, we apologize. However... We're back, and I want to thank everybody who has been waiting patiently and has continued to support us even during the time where there has been a drought of content on our end, not necessarily on coverage and stuff like that. So that stuff is coming. I want to talk about Black Widow. I want to talk about Loki. I want to talk about Star Wars. I want to talk about it all. But today we're doing something special. Uh, a little passion project of Keenan and ours, or Keenan and ours, Keenan and mine. Uh, we are the resident Spider-Man dudes on this podcast. We have been since day one. Yes. Um, and uh, we decided, or Keenan more so suggested, and I agreed, thinking it was a fantastic idea, that we would go through and do little 15 to 20 minute reviews of all of the Spider-Man films leading up to... Spider-Man No Way Home, um, about maybe two a month, um, just to give some smaller content along the way, um, but also we may do some other Spider-Man reviews, we may review or talk about some of our favorite comics or some of our favorite games, like, you know, Spider-Man PS4, that little one that Keenan really likes a lot, uh, and <laughs> yeah, that's definitely happening at some point, yeah, like, which we've talked about that a lot before, but I think it's just, I don't know, every... Every day, every week, every month, every year, like something new, like we just have this newfound appreciation for it. Like something, we pick up on something that we didn't quite realize. Yeah. So there's just, there's so much Spider-Man uh, content that has been and is coming. So um, we figured, I don't think we've ever talked about in depth, like full reviews of individual movies. Um, so we're starting off with the 2002 classic directed by Sam Raimi starring Tobey Maguire, James Franco, Kirsten Dunst, and Willem Dafoe most respectively. Spider-Man. Yeah, I mean and we we cannot forget uh JK Simmons. He's got to be JK in there Simmons. with like the cast. Legend. Yes. Legend. Um literally so good. Um so I I talked to Keenan and I said, "Let's just do kind of a run of the mill Breaking it down into what well, he rewatched it last night. Yes. To me, it's in my lifetime, it is probably the Spider Man movie that I have watched the most. I probably watched it from the ages of three to five, probably like a hundred times. So, yeah. <laughs> like, I, I mean, it was on repeat, like Nickelback, like Hero by Nickelback, ingrained in my memory forever. I, okay. I still go back and watch <laughs> that music video from time to time because classic. It's, yeah, it's just, it's so entertaining, but. Um, I mean, who who wasn't like a, a five to ten year old singing that song in your head, pretending to swing from wall to wall in your bedroom? Like, 
if you if you weren't jumping from couch to couch pretending you were swinging, what were you doing? Really, <laughs> <Yeah>. you know? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll you know I'll start this review off talking about um, a story that I actually told Grayson uh, a few days ago when we see Black Widow about my first like Spider-Man 2002 experience. So I was probably nine, going on ten. I think it came out in early May, so it was a little bit before my birthday uh, yeah. when this movie came out, and the theater was packed we actually were trying to get into an earlier showing it was like my family and i we were trying to get into an earlier showing around six um and the next available one was like nine something uh so it was just pretty late for a nine-year-old to like go into you know a movie but i I was just way too excited for the movie my dad at the time was a huge spider-man fan so the theater was absolutely packed and i ended up sitting by myself basically on the uh stairs of the of the movie theater like i was out in the aisle uh because there was nowhere to sit my parents my brother and i were all we were all split up um because there was just like little individual seating everywhere and um i remember just having the best time just sitting on on the stairs for this movie uh and it's it's stuck with me ever since that day like that that's a day that i won't forget like i remember every detail what i ate for dinner that day it's just it's insane but yeah um back to the movie i i did rewatch it for the first time in i don't know maybe like a year or two and mm-hmm. it i don't know why but i always forget how amazing this first film is because mm-hmm. last night i i put it on um before i went to bed just so i can get a little bit of a refresher and i was expecting more cheesy than actual good because like i do think that there's a lot of nostalgia about not just this movie but the whole trilogy uh, there's a lot of you know nostalgia for you and i probably and that's why we look at it so highly. But I tried to set that aside and just look at the movie as objectively as I possibly could. And I came away after watching that movie thinking that this is the greatest comic book movie origin um, to come out. And I know that's going to get a lot of heat because there's Batman Begins and I love Batman Begins. Uh, you know, there's the you know, Superman movies like those are all great. Batman Begins is my favorite of that trilogy. Uh, but this one is just so unique and so special and what it did at the time that it came out is just so bizarre because this movie has uh, emotion it has heart it has stakes it has everything that you need it has the action it has levity it has great character moments great relationships it really nails a lot of things that it set out to accomplish in a time where comic book movies were kind of cheesy and they weren't taking very seriously in the early 2000s um so sam raimi did an amazing job with the film i'm just speaking my overall thoughts so far but i came away after watching it thinking it's the greatest origin movie i know i'm a huge spider-man fan but i did not think that before re-watching it last night right yeah i think there are very few superhero origin films that rival uh, Spider-Man one. I would agree. Like, I think maybe the only one that I could think of off the top of my like Batman Begins is great, um, and it's one of my favorite origin movies. But I think it's like kind of in its own universe mm-hmm. for like Batman's origin. I think Captain America is really close up there with like one of the best origins. Iron but Man's Spider-Man one, I- Iron Man is fantastic. I would say. Spider-Man is the quintessential superhero origin movie, okay? Yes. It it 
introduces the characters and that world so well. It gives you straight up the his arch enemy who is fleshed out from head to toe yes. uh, in his character and like his motives and everything. Um, the action is top notch uh, and gets even better in uh, I mean it obviously it's not up to date as some of the more modern ones but like they did some really cool practical stunts I yes. mean that final fight uh, of him and Goblin on the bridge and then going into like the the broken building and stuff is so like it, it's brutal like, I just I like to think a lot of times now when I watch a comic book movie I'm like how would I be seeing this in a comic book and that's one of those things that I'm like I can see this in a comic book panel like him getting his face punched with his mask like and just oh, blood yeah. splattering or like um or like him pulling down the wall and like the quote like I like you know uh, I had a father. His name was Ben Parker. Right. Like it's just it's chills, man. Um, and yeah, like Sam Raimi's direction for this film is just it's just impeccable. He pulls it's so good. He pulls off because you know Sam Raimi is a very you know if if you know the backstory of Sam Raimi, he was kind of a little bit of an independent filmmaker. Did a lot with little money early on in his career, making Evil Dead, which. I think he got like probably less than 400,000 to make that film and it ended up becoming like an iconic uh, franchise. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, Sam Raimi, like he dropped out of school to make films, short films, you know? And, um, yeah. and then he, he pulls off some things that like, as I'm watching it, I'm like, how exactly was this done in the early 2000s? Not even 2002, but you, you figure that they started filming this around 2000. Because um, usually about two years or so, a year and a half to, to film a movie. So, you know, he pulled off some amazing camera work. Uh, the whole thing about him actually practically filming a camera swinging in between buildings to give you that feeling that you are Spider-Man is incredible. Um, I want to, like, bring up something that I heard uh, a guy that I like on YouTube a lot, High Top Films. Um, he he brought up a, a really good point that I'd never really appreciated until recently, but he said that Sam Raimi's um, portrayal of New York as a character as opposed to just a backdrop is something that was um, really important, and I think like a lot of the newer films have, have lacked because New York City isn't a backdrop or just an environment, it's a character of its own. Mm -hmm. And you actually see that in the third act right before that, um, when that fight with Green Goblin is starting. There's a, a part where Green Goblin gives um, Spider-Man the option to save Mary Jane or these these kids in this like little trolley thing. And right mm -hmm. when Green Goblin has him basically dead, um, Green Goblin was pretty close to killing Spider-Man, you start seeing all these objects come flying off the bridge uh, hitting Green Goblin, and you just see yep. all the New Yorkers talking smack, and he's like, "That's that's our guy, like that's our Spider-Man," and that's just like that goes back to my whole point about how Sam Raimi decided to make New York a character, and every little character or every little every person in this film has something about them that makes them very unique and a character. Um, right from you know Bone Saw, you know all these <laughs> yeah. like all these little side characters they have something they all have personality you know the right. the diner that mj works at when his when her boss is yelling at her like you're just like i, I hate that guy you know and it's just like yeah. it's a very brief moment but you're like i know exactly what kind of guy you are because i've worked for you before like you know right. they all have personality 
And that's something that I definitely appreciate Sam Raimi doing is the whole thing. Like uh, that quote that high top said, it's like New York isn't a backdrop in these films. It's a character of its own. And Sam Raimi did great along with all the camera work and technical stuff. You know, it was just is back in those days, things were very limited with Mm -hmm. like, um, technology um, so to see all the things that he was able to pull off with practical effects and CGI that I think was probably ahead of its time, um, it's just very impressive. Yeah, I think you bring up a good point that not, like everything in this movie has personality, every character, like every aspect of it. Like I remember like, you know, there's the montage scene in the beginning with all the New Yorkers. And I remember being like, uh, I was talking with one of our patrons uh, and a good friend of mine, Jacob. Uh, like how funny that scene is, but like every character in that montage when he becomes Spider-Man is um, like I've like I've seen people like that before. Like they're all very believable. And furthermore, I'm sitting here looking at this gigantic uh, Tobey Maguire action figure that I have on my desk, <laughs> uh, admiring how beautiful the suit is. And I think the suit is one of the best aspects of this movie. Yeah. It is one of the coolest most unique most stylized yet comic accurate suits i have ever seen in a live action movie and i wish comic book suits would be as good as as that suit Mm -hmm. sometimes like just like the raised webbing like gives it that like style and it's got that like the silver webs um with like the black logo and kind of like the more angular eyes and like the the hexagonal texture on the blue it's very practical uh, it, it like it's just yeah like I don't it just works for me like and it just shows off his physique so yeah. well like the webs on his fingers and his mask like you just like you see the jawline like it just I'm sitting there and I'm like man that is such a good suit for, um, for the early 2000s too especially what I love for 2002 <laughs> it's it's insane what I love about the the trilogy as a whole is like there really isn't you know comic book movies nowadays it's like every single movie every hero is getting at least two or three suits to wear and i'm like pretty much he's wearing this same suit throughout the trilogy like very yeah very minor this changes the suit in spider-man 2 literally the only thing that changes is the logo Mm -hmm. on his chest um that is it yeah everything else is uh almost identical um and then obviously he gets the black suit but even the human spider suit yeah is so cool like okay like it's it feels like that would be the perfect homemade suit like it's like he made it like straight up he made it himself he got a red ski mask he got some white and red nikes some blue sweatpants and a red sweat shirt with uh that he spray painted like he got like a template and stenciled it on and then these white and red gloves it's like that looks awesome like i could have seen him using that as spider-man for a little bit before he makes and like him even drawing the suit on the sketch pad and everything like i just i love the details like that it's amazing i i think we need to get into why we love this movie though and i think i think for you and i it's it's the heart and mm-hmm. it's, it's for me the heart of most movies are the characters and i think the characters are so good here from the very beginning before we actually get to see uncle ben and peter react or or aunt may and peter react we see aunt may and uncle ben um interact it's not react interact mm-hmm. before we see those characters interact we see aunt may and uncle ben and they have a conversation before peter walks in through the door after he's been by this spider um where uh uncle ben is actually looking for a job 
Uncle Ben is 68 mm -hmm. years old in this movie, and he's looking for a job, and he makes it very clear that he has to provide for the family. Uh, and then Aunt May kind of just um, comforts him, lets him know that he's loved, Peter loves him, and all this stuff. But the characters, the emotion, the heart, it's all there for this movie. Mm -hmm. um, and... I want to quickly just bring up a quote from Uncle Ben before he gives him the great power comes great responsibility thing. There's that interaction in the car together. And I don't know if it's just because I never really paid attention to it or I've forgotten how impactful the whole conversation in the car is because mm -hmm. all you can really think about is like with great power comes great responsibility because it's just so hammered down your throat like in your head so many times. Um, but there's this quote. I'm going to read it real quick. Uh, he says, Peter, these are the years when a man changes into the man he's going to be for the rest of his life. Just be careful who you change into. Um, mm. And yeah. that is something that I feel like stuck with Peter. Of course, the great power comes great responsibility. Like that's That's great. But now he's at a turning point where he can either... You know, because at that point in time, he's he's kind of acting like a jerk to Uncle Ben. Mm -hmm. um, and he gets to make a decision with what kind of man he's going to be moving forward. And granted, Uncle Ben's death probably, you know, propels him into that direction of being a good person and being yeah. selfless. Um, but I just thought that that was a standout and, you know something that's been severely lacking for a while now is just these meaningful moments between Peter and the people around him. Um, so I yeah. just had to say that. Right. Yeah. So we've got about, uh, about 12 minutes left. So I think we should kind of speed round and maybe talk about like two to three minutes each on the different aspects. So, uh, let's talk about, um, the, like the casting and acting first. I think I want to talk sure. about that. Like, and so Toby Maguire thoughts, give me your quick thoughts. He's awesome. He's dorky. He's still a great actor. Uh, he's who I saw as Peter Parker growing up because, mm -hmm. you know, being a, a nerdy kid growing up, I totally right. could relate to him. Uh, even to the way he, you know, down to the way he dresses and how awkward he yeah. is with, uh, you know, his, the people he's interested in like mj mm -hmm. and uh, and friends even to the point uh like how he interacts with um with uh harry uh because you know obviously i had friends but i also out growing up i felt like a level below them like they were cooler than me and yeah. um and i saw that as a kid like i saw myself in peter so yeah, yeah. that toby god i love him yeah, I agree with you there totally. And I think there, like lately I was on, you know, I was getting in the mindset of this episode. And as I was driving to work this morning, uh, like set like, no, 6.30 in the morning, I'm driving and I'm, I'm sending a voice message to, uh, again, Jacob. And I was like, you know, I just want to talk about how the, all the people who think that Tobey Maguire is nothing like, like the comic version of Peter Parker and he's completely inaccurate, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, Toby Maguire is the spitting image of the Spider-Man from the like the 60s. Yeah, very early. Like, he is he is not cool. He is not like 
um, charismatic or anything. He can be a jerk sometimes. Mm. Um, but overall, he wants to do the right thing, and he was uh, blessed or cursed or whatever you want to call it, however he puts it. This is my gift, my curse. Yeah. But he is Spider-Man. And he encapsulates that. And I've saw, I've seen these backlash that I'm like, Tobey Maguire is a terrible Spider-Man because he's like, he's not cool. Like he's not cool enough. And I'm like, okay, but your complaint with Andrew Garfield was that he was too cool. So he like, I don't make enough I'm like, quips. Yeah, yeah. Like he doesn't. I'm like, oh, but I'm like, but he does. Yeah, he does. He's like, you're out, Gobby, out of your mind. And he's like, like yeah. <laughs> he's like, that's a cute outfit. Did your husband yeah. make it for you? Like, or he's like. He's like, oh, like uh, mom and dad are talking right now, and like, like he says stuff like yeah. that. That it's just I love, like, and I enjoy that very much. He's just, again, it feels very quintessential of like, if you want to know what Spider-Man was like, uh, like from his genesis, Tobey Maguire encapsulates Peter Parker very I well. I want to move on to Willem Dafoe Ooh. because I think he is also a standout. He, I, for me, it would be nearly impossible to find someone. Uh, to replace him as Green Goblin, and thankfully he may be coming back in Spider-Man: No Way Home, um, which oh, I don't know how that's going to happen because he's dead. But anyway, um, apparently he's going to come through the multiverse. But I'm like, is this dead? I think going to come through I the think, multiverse. Um, I don't. <laughs> I think I told you this about the theory of the the Spider-Man villains being variants. Um, so now that they've introduced variants, these characters right. could be variants of like, yeah, you know other ones that's true that's a good point yeah like a timeline where again maybe spider-man 2 when we get to that timeline where alfred Molina's doc ock like didn't die or one where whatever you know um but yeah willem dafoe oh he is having the time of his life in this role and he is creepy he is somehow charming uh in this like but very unsettling uh he's the guy that brings attention right and did you okay? Did you know this detail that when he is Norman Osborn, he actually used uh, straight teeth dentures? Oh no way! Um, but when he's Green Goblin, he uses his natural teeth, which has like the split in the middle and everything. Yeah. I never noticed that until I realized I was like, wait, Willem Dafoe has like a gap in his to- like teeth, and, there- and there's that scene where. He's like, I started this company. Do you know how much yeah. I sacrificed? His teeth are so perfect, white and straight. I was like, did his teeth just get messed up over the year? No, he wore to make himself look more um, maybe aristocratic. Yeah. I guess is the best word and and uh, upstanding is that he had he had straight teeth. And uh, but then when he goes into like goblin mode, he's got like the his like more natural like craggly mm-hmm. teeth and. His smile, like his grimace, uh, his like eyebrows, like his hair, everything. He just, I love him he's, as Green Goblin, and the, he's an awesome he's great. Norman Osborn. And as as I was rewatching this, I felt like Spider-Man PS4 pulled so much from him, uh, from this portrayal. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to see what they do with Green Goblin and that that whole thing. But um, yeah, he he definitely like brings the tension and, and the whole idea of him being charismatic. He's very charismatic to. Yeah anyone but harry um mm-hmm. which you know does a great job of showing what kind of relationship that they have as as father and son uh but yeah. a- after watching this i was like i'm building up so much hype to see him again in no way home because i do believe he's going to show up in no way home at some point in time and i was like man this yeah. guy he literally killed this role i mean like he he could have chose to just mail it in all of these people could have chose to mail in you know this but they didn't like jk simmons nope. like all these people he is having so good yeah i mean like all these people were like let me read up and 
try to do as much research about this character and become that character as best I can. And yeah. all all of these actors, maybe not so much. I, I'm not a huge fan of Kirsten Dunst's MJ, but she's fine. The character's yeah. written fine, I think. Um, and I'm just not a huge fan of her as an actress. But uh, I mean, everyone, and there are there are times we're probably gonna get in the Harry, but there are times where I I don't necessarily love. Um, uh what's his name james franco. james franco so much as harry he's he's a little cheesy yeah. um but yeah willem dafoe amazing yeah yeah for me uh just very quickly bouncing off of uh the kirsten dunst and harry thing i i think harry is great um and i actually love james franco as harry i think he's i think he's perfectly cast kirsten dunst i'm not a big fan of her mj mm-hmm. uh i like i like her the best in this movie but yeah. the other movies going forward, I don't particularly like her. And that's more, in my opinion, the complete opposite. I don't like her writing, uh, but I think her acting is very good. I just think they gave her a bit more of a stereotypical like love interest. Yeah. And she doesn't, like, compared to Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy, who is just phenomenal, and we will get to that at some yeah. point, trust me. Um, I think the writing for Kirsten Dunst, MJ, kind of pales. But I think what they were going for, it works. Um but yeah, last thing is uh, I, also um, uh, the actors. Um, so there's Rosemary Harris for Aunt May, and um, uh, I believe it's I want to say it's Cliff Robertson who played Uncle Ben. I would not be able um, to tell you. I'm gonna look it up just to make sure they are both um, great. Yeah. Um, for like for that universe, like they just like I remember like I get so emotional when. Uncle Ben is dying in his arms. It is Cliff Robertson. Yep. Um, yeah, when like when he's crying and he's like he says Peter, like he is just this weak old man. I'm like I like I feel for Peter in that mm-hmm. moment. Like imagining like my father or like my grandfather be, like holding them and knowing I was personally responsible for not stopping someone that I should have stopped yeah. would haunt me for the rest of my life. Not and you like And to add on <sighs> the conversation that he had before he died, the last thing he said was uh his uncle said, I know I'm not your father and he's like, Well stop pretending to be it just hurts. And that's the last hurts, thing. Man. And even even as he's leaving the car, he knew that he said something very wrong, you know. Yeah. And um and then his and then his uncle dies, his father figure dies, and it's just like mm-hmm. I mean, back again to the whole thing where this these movies have so much heart and I appreciate it They're so bu- much. Like the characters are just so believable. Yep. Like Sam Raimi's attention to the characters and the casting goes along with that. Just the characters and casting, we've talked extensively mm-hmm. about them. They're just, if they are not a 10 out of 10, they are very close yeah. to it. And um, I'd be, I'd be say like at least a nine out of 10 yeah. um, in almost all regards. Um, and we talked a little bit about the action. I think the action for being a 2002 movie holds up very well. I think the only maybe goofier action scene is the one at the festival. Yeah. The parade um, in times. Yeah. The parade in times square. Yeah. Um, that's the only one that like when he's like, bouncing from the floats and <laughs> yeah. stuff i was like and like the wall and everything i was like eh, okay like that's a little spotty um but like when um he's running away from goblin shooting the machine gun at him like i you know i like that or when he's on the wall like there's some cool stuff i think everything else all the fight scenes are are very well done because they're practical like they're not see like only very few are cg yeah. 
Um, and I remember as a kid, my favorite scene, uh, action scene wise, was when he goes into that burning building yeah. uh, and he throws the um, like the shuriken yep. um, goblin bombs and he's like dodging and stuff. I remember as a kid being like, that was so cool. Like, you know, it's just, it's great. Um, I think the action is, is phenomenal. Um, and then... I think the and then we talked a little bit about the plot in terms of it just being kind of like the quintessential like quintessential origin story. Right. Like it gives you, uh, like it gives you a problem and gives you these characters. Um, he's kind of thrust into this. Like it's just a great story that is told. It gives you a great villain, gives you great conflict, a great resolution, and it leads into a great sequel. It, um, it wastes no time either, like creating an origin for both Peter and Norman. It it jumps into it pretty quickly but the pacing does not feel off and it feels very well developed and flushed out which Mm -hmm. is is huge but the fact that we're able to within you know the first 15 minutes or so we're already seeing peter turn into spider-man and get to see how he reacts to these new powers that he has it's awesome um yeah but you basically you you see norman and peter both around the same time get their their new powers and you see the demise of one person and the you know the rise of another uh which is just amazing and then eventually they you know come together and um they clash but there's also like a really a a really cool uh scene on the rooftop with green goblin after he's kind of put spidey to sleep and they have this conversation and it very it reminds me a lot of the punisher and and daredevil uh season Mm, two conversation where it's just like green goblin brings up some really great points where he's just like eventually these people are going to turn on you and they're going to you are basically going to become a villain to them and they they won't appreciate all that you do and peter singh is like yeah but i'm still going to continue to do the right thing regardless um yeah he's like they love to see a hero fail exactly or die trying yeah exactly yep that's i think that's the quote exactly um but yeah i mean there's there's a lot of cheese in this movie it's early 2000s but you know those big impactful moments uh make up for that and then just the really there's the relationships but like there's not a ton of action in this film it's mostly yeah. it's very dialogue driven um mm-hmm. just it's incredible for a blockbuster movie and, and it, a superhero movie yeah and it's crazy that like all of that stuff stuck with me as a kid yeah you know like uh like I, I never got bored Mm-mm. in certain. Like I, I'm, I watched that movie from beginning to end, never being like, yep. waiting for the next action scene. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm into right. this. I'm into seeing Peter chase after this bus or uh, him get bit by this spider or you know seeing um, uh, the scene where M- Willem Dafoe um, as Norman is um, has already had the. Um, the serum or like the, the serum injected into him or whatever you want to call it and is having the conversation with himself oh, yeah. goblin and norman so creepy. like i remember being like oh it's so creepy but it's so well yep. done um the masks and everything um yeah it's just and you were saying like it's cheesy but it's like the it's the perfect amount of cheese right. like because comic books in the 60s and like 60s and 70s were so corny yep. they were so corny and like it doesn't like it's not overly corny, but they do sprinkle that in there a good amount mm-hmm. to make it be like, hey, like, 
this kind of, like this doesn't make sense but we're going to make it make sense as much as we can in a real exactly. world like a dude in red and blue spandex who can crawl up walls and shoot webs out of his hands like that's kind of weird yeah. but like we're gonna make it work for sure <laughs> um yeah um yeah for me just kind of wrapping it up um unless there's anything else you want to add for me this movie is like a nine to like 9.5 out of 10 mm-hmm. there is very few little nitpicks uh, at that and they really are nitpicks at most um i'd say if like probably if the action could be a bit better and there are some spottier uh like acting especially with james franco and kirsten dunce yeah. like they're not the the highlights of this movie but overall this is a damn good spider-man yeah. movie and a damn good superhero movie like it will go down it for generations to yeah come. i think i'm like around 8.5 to 9 out of 10 which is very high like it's a very highly yeah. rated movie in my opinion um and like i said i tried to look at it as objectively as possible and it was just so refreshing to rewatch that again because it just kind of like got my excitement back up for the character because i saw the potential yeah. you know and we're gonna get into the other spider-man movies but we're really starting off with the best movies spider-man movies to oh, exist yeah. uh, which is sad yeah it's basically letter like and it sums up like they basically just continually go downhill yeah after like, two it like, just goes some, down like, from there <laughs> like it's like it goes down there's some inclines for yeah. sure and then like some come peaks back up but like it really like it's inclining right now like you go to one two and it's after that it's gonna start getting a bit spottier yeah. but man people were blessed with this movie and i i want to say that spider-man was the first movie i had ever seen in theaters that i sat from beginning to mm-hmm. end because i've always been a spider-man fan since uh i was basically two or three and i mean the impact this movie had on me as a kid and growing up into my life like these movies felt like they were made for yeah. me and i remember like i wore my spider-man suit from the first spider-man movie every day until i grew out of it because it was literally tearing and my nana had sewn it up over and over <laughs> and over again and then i had to get another one when spider-man 2 came out and then i got the black suit when spider-man 3 came out like the, the legacy of the sam raimi spider-man movies will just forever hold a place in my right. heart and uh and yeah this one just it does not disappoint me like i will love it forever. i agree I'll, I'll always appreciate it and appreciate sam raimi for what he did um yeah. it's it's just such a meaningful movie for both you and i and every time i watch it it's like after after not seeing it for a while you kind of forget like i know that they're my favorite spider-man movies but then mm. when you actually put them on you're just like holy freaking crap I remember now why I love this character so much and why I get defensive over this character and why I get frustrated Mm -hmm. with the new interpretations of the characters because I see the potential. Like I've seen it be great and almost flawless. Yeah. And I want that. Like I want that for everyone. Um, So God, this, this movie it's incredible. I can't even wait to start talking about Spider-Man too. Dude, I can't wait. I'm going to try my best by the next installment uh, I will watch both this one and two. I watched two almost 
two or three times yeah. a year because it is like one of my it, it is literally on my letterbox it's in my uh it's in my four favorite movies yeah. um so that's the influence that spider-man 2 has on me but that will be for a later date um so thank you guys all for listening uh, to a smaller comeback episode. Um, we are going to try our best to get out a review for Black Widow. Um, I know it's been harder for people to see it. I know some people that normally would have seen it day one still have not seen it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll try to get it out within a reasonable time so that um, we can just, you know, go full on spoiler discussion. Um, it's on Disney Premier Access and uh, in theaters and whatever. So, um, but... Hopefully you guys are invested in this series that we're doing, that we're just going to talk and geek out about Spider-Man movies and hopefully beyond. Um, and again, I just want to extend a very grateful thank you to anybody um, who has been curious um, and still supportive throughout the time that we have been absent and frankly just super busy and like, for lack of a better uh, phrase, down on our luck. Like it's just been um, a lot and um but we are like this this has made me really excited to get back into recording and mm -hmm. putting out content for you guys and really just um just having fun um i think we keenan and i mentioned before we were recording this that we had kind of lost sight a little bit on we felt like we were just pumping out content and we weren't having as much fun and keenan and i started doing this for fun and this series is a great gateway into that yeah. um and uh and yeah, I just, I, I love talking about my passions with my close friends um, and sharing them uh, with you guys and, and beyond. So um, thank you guys all for listening. Um, you can follow us um, uh, at Comic Blast underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, that's all, that's all I'm going to mention for now. Just uh, thank you guys for listening um, and look forward to more content, whether Spider-Man or otherwise, down the road. Um, you can also follow me at Straightsthere on Twitter and Instagram, and you can follow Keenan at Keenan Creates uh, in the same places. He also has an Etsy shop uh, <laughs> where he's been coming out with some fantastic art. Uh, both him and I have the same pieces of art in the background of which we are recording um, our Discord call with, or like talking through Discord. Uh, I've got another piece right there. Um, I've got another piece right there. I've got another one back there. Like I mean, he's been coming out with some great stuff. Um, so go support him. He is really good at what he does. Graphic uh, design is definitely one of his strongest suits and a great passion of his. So, yeah, go check it out. Thanks, man. I, I hope no that problem. people like it. It's fun. It's just yeah, fun for me. So, Yeah, it's a, it's a solid, like, uh, outlet for something fun for yeah. him. And, uh, and yeah, I love supporting his work. Um, so you should, too. With that being said, Shazam! <laughs>